Welcome to Co-op Mode. I'm Mike Espy. I'm Josh Ackerman. I'm Chris Lowe. And I'm Ben Teed. Hello, gentlemen. And hey. this is episode 38, The Last of Us. Ooh. We're playing a game a year later, finally. Well, did you guys play Did you guys really, Did you guys play it uh, upon initial release? Oh, yeah. I did. I did. Bought it the day of release. And uh, I beat it like two weeks later. <laughs> I I rented it and I played it in two days straight because there was a day one bug where you couldn't save until you restarted the game, and I was several hours in the game before I realized that, so I couldn't turn off the PS3 for two days. <laughs> that worked in my, my hey Chris, that worked in my favor because I ended up going. Uh, I ended up getting it the day of, uh, and then played it for like a little bit didn't save it and i went on vacation like the next day <laughs> we left town so it was like i was gone for a little while and then i then all the problems were fixed when i got back so nice dang anyways that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> i just realized that's that's fine i don't care i don't i don't care anyway well that's i i heard about that bug and i that made me laugh that chris did he just left it on for two days and like that's dedication dude I like it. It was, you know, it was just a... I played it two days straight on a weekend that I had off, and Annie was out of town. And, uh, oh, wow. It worked in your favor, then. It worked in my favor, yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. So it was just a reason to get that shit done for it, Pat. All righty. Well, this is what we're going to do, uh, you wonderful listeners. What we're going to do is um, we're going to have a non-spoiler review of The Last of Us, and then we will let you know when we are going to spoiler territory. It will be marked in the notes in the time, you know, what time the spoilers begin, all that stuff. But from this point on, we will be talking about The Last of Us. No spoilers. And I will read you the lovely synopsis or whatever you want to call it, summary from IGN. Survive an apocalypse on Earth in The Last of Us a PlayStation 3 exclusive title by Naughty Dog Now, PlayStation 4 as of uh, July 29th of 2014. Here you will find an abandoned city reclaimed by nature. Here is a population decimated by modern plague. Here there are only survivors killing each other for food, weapons, or whatever they can get their hands on. Here you find no hope. Joel, a brutal survivor, and Ellie, a brave young teenage girl who is wise beyond her years, must work together if they hope to survive their their journey across the U.S. And, of course, it is rated M for mature, and it's got a bunch of blood and gore, intense violence, sexual themes, all that good stuff. Developed, cursing. Cursing. Developed by the one and only Naughty Dog, of course, and published by, you name it, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment. So wonderful. So gents, um, upon <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the... Anyway, Are you watching the beginning of Law and Order? No, there's a gun scene going on in the background. Oh. <laughs> anyway, besides that, um, one of the things that really caught my attention about this game is not only. I thought really was captivating were the performances. And, of course, you have the wonderful Troy Baker, who plays the main lead, Joel. Troy Baker's been on a roll, hasn't he? Like, mm-hmm. that, that guy is just freaking all over the place. He he's was very, he's in high demand. 
like he was the Joker in Batman Arkham Origins, and he was Booker uh, DeWitt in um, Bioshock uh, Infinite, and Chris in probably you know arguably the two biggest games of last year. That's crazy. What's that, Josh? He's a pimp. He's really, really good, dude. And listening to him talk and you know his voice acting in this game, I was like, I would never have guessed that was him. Yeah, to like, to his credit, you know he sounds very different in both of those. He does, remarkably different, and very different tones and everything too. Just you know, obviously this is not a very light-hearted game, so um, he's just plays a completely different character. There's also a uh, documentary on YouTube. I don't know if it exists elsewhere, but uh, it kind of really goes into detail, um, just sort of chronicling the process of. Um, you know, the motion capture and how they actually acted out these scenes and everything, and it just gives you an even deeper appreciation for just how good these people were. Dude, I the one thing I noticed most about, like, when I was watching the performance, like, the cut scenes were their eyes. I like watching the eyes because I know, of course, when you do mocap, that's, like, one of the biggest prominent features they want to really grasp. And watching... I know it sounds silly, but this is, but this is from being an animation major, but just seeing those... Those details, those what, what, like small details, they they really blossom the scene. And, and I and I think, of course, the you could tell the story within their eyes and how they're feeling. They could just stand each other. They could stand there just looking at each other. You could just tell how they feel. And I, and I just love that. So that that it's not only just the mocap, but of course the animators have to do the work too. Because I think from what I've heard, like mocap's like eighty percent of the work, and then the rest like the twenty percent animate. You know fine-tuning the details and god like this is like top-notch you know and i thought the performance in uncharted was really great too i mean watching those characters interact with each other that was a blast as well but here yeah. it's but here it's i i mean it's god it's like watching a movie it really is Naughty Dog is is second to none in in terms of motion capture for games and and really getting just the best out of their actors. Like everybody mm. always sells it really well in, in all of their games. I think yeah. a lot. There's a sorry. Uh, there's a part in that documentary in particular that really was intense, and it was uh, where the director was, you know, pushing Troy Baker to really get the most out of him in this really um, one really emotional scene where uh, Joel, the character that he plays, is just, it's, you know, basically weeping over something that happens. And Baker <laughs> got so into the part that, you know, he did it over and over and over again. And he was just, like, so emotionally exhausted. And he was, like, actually crying. And he had to, like, go outside and, like, collect his shit, come back in. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. And the director was like, I need one more out of you. And so he went back and did it, and, like, he was just frustrated, and, like, he finally just nailed it, he said. So it was, like, they did to do this, like, 15 times, and he was just, like, so worked up over it. Because of it's his pretty, performance? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I think he was just, like, uh, he had something in mind, like, you know, um, to make him emotional. Like, I don't know, it was probably something that happened in his life or something like that that was analogous. Um, wow. But he just like couldn't hold it together. Like it was just you know too much for him. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Right. Oh, and him and and also um Ashley Johnson, I couldn't like I she was an uh she uh she played Ellie and 
with Ashley, she was a voice that's like, I've heard this, I've heard this voice before, but I don't know where she's from. I really don't know. She's like, I know that it's like, she's like, she's that one person who's like, I know I've heard her from somewhere, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't know where. And oddly enough, um, there was a show when I was growing up and we were growing up, it was called Recess. And yeah. she played the voice of Gretchen, that like redhead. She, I think she was like the redhead with freckles and glasses, in the buck teeth. Barely remember that show, but I didn't realize she was on that. And I mean, I the one Saturday morning show or something. Yeah, that one Saturday morning show. Yeah, it was uh Disney. Wasn't it Disney's one Saturday morning or whatever they called it? ABC. AB, uh, ABC. ABC. Yeah. Well, Disney. Was it Disney? I don't think was it Disney then. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's, it was one, that's, one, that's what I'm saying. Disney oh. owns ABC. There. My bad. They called it Disney's One Saturday Morning, or whatever. That was yeah. anyway. Channel. Channel. But anyway, but she's got. She does a lot of voice work. It seems like a lot of voice work for like cartoon TV series as well. I didn't realize she had done any other voice work. I remembered her from, from uh, the movie What Women Want. Oh, yep, yep. She's in. Yeah, that's that's what she's in. Um, ben Ten. Ultimate Alien, like a TV, it's like this cartoon TV series. Um, the Avengers. Yeah, she was in Avengers. <laughs> kind of funny, but yeah, she's done a lot of voice work. And but unfo- oddly enough, it's I, when I thought of her, when I heard her voice, it was from Recess. That's what stood out in my mind. That's what you remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy that I thought that too. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you, know, you you weren't looking at her, so like if you saw her in a movie and she spoke, you may not recognize her. But you, when you're just hearing her, that makes sense that you were able to point her out in another animated program. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a fantastic job as Ellie. Like, really good. Oh my God. Hey, Josh, do you remember if if she was actually mocapping for Ellie or what? Absolutely. Absolutely, she was. Yeah. In fact, she was so into the character that she was, like, you know, giving suggestions for what she should say. Like, you know, if it's – she was, you know, like, I don't know if Ellie would say that right there. And she's like, let me try something else. And, you know, mm-hmm. and she would just fall so naturally into the character of Ellie that, you know, it just sounded like something that Ellie would say. And so, you know, there were se- several uh, lines that were sort of ad-libbed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. She was doing mocap. That, that's one of the things I picked up while playing this game. I don't feel like any of like the dialogue was forced. It felt all very natural, and especially between Joel and Ellie, who are you know, you know the main protagonists in this whole, in, in, in this whole, in this whole journey. And I thought watching them, watching their relationship blossom was fantastic, and I and I and I absolutely loved it. And, and I think this whole, I don't know, it, it's. I can't say enough amazing things about this game. It's it's just wonderful to see that it felt natural, and that was fantastic. I think it, I just liked that a lot. I wanted to draw attention to what Josh was saying earlier about uh, you guys. I mean, you guys are all talking about the great performances and the good actors and stuff like that. But um, I also think that I should mention Neil Druckmann's name, who was the director mm-hmm. during the mocap parts, and just one of the directors, uh, creative directors of the game, um, he gives them some really great material to work with. And this yeah. is one of the first times I think I've played a game where where it really feels like... A, like we like one of our games that we've played in uh, in in our uh, list of games that we've, uh, that we've done in the past was Resistance 3. And um, that is a cross-country journey of a game, 
but it never really felt much like a journey. It never felt like there was time to slow down and really. Uh, there were there were there were. It was getting close to some moments where you could take in some of the. Never at the level of of this like, lonely, sad, depressing, um, straight from McCarthy, uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. <coughs> that feeling of. That feeling of like. Uh, despair and and being alone with an older adult and a younger person mm -hmm. uh, with the adult trying to protect the younger person and giving great context for the those motivations of those characters and being able to, to direct that in a room where there's literally they're they're acting against nothing is is really impressive too oh uh, I just want right. to say Neil Druckmann uh, bring him up as well oh it, that, I mean that's a that's a perfect example. I mean, that's what I thought of when I was playing the game was the road, and did you read it? Did you have you read the road? I have not. I watched the movie actually with Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I I don't know. I, I really liked this, that one too. Yeah, I can see the uh, you know how analogous that uh, that movie is, but I, I think this story had much more uh, impact on me than the road did. Oh, I I agree, man. I absolutely agree. Um, like those quiet moments that you were talking about, Ben, like I really enjoy those a lot because it just really allowed – it allows the player to take in the environment and just to capture that atmosphere and what, and just listening to the two people talk. Or, or occasionally there were more people accompanying you. And just listening to them talk was was refreshing because I didn't feel like I was going from like one set piece to another set piece, you know, fighting off clickers, or the infected, or you know, other factions of people. And that's what I love about this game. It gives you time to breathe, and when you do breathe, you start to appreciate more, not only the narrative, but also the technical aspects that the you know that these artists, these animators, put their work into. So I feel like everybody is having a time to shine and it's not just the actors too i mean we've talked you know we're expressing very highly of them but the atmosphere is just it's palpable I, this each, is, each room that you enter is telling a different story too yes and, and when you walk through those rooms and you pick up letters or you or you see written on the walls like like um what had happened here or just by the way the environment is constructed i mean that's all you really need that's all you really need to know, and it's and it's like the only way you can tell a story like that. I mean, in, in that way, environmentally, is through a game. I don't think you, I don't think you could, uh, I don't think it would mean as much uh, if they made a movie of the last ones where they tried to do that in that same way. Like you walk into a building or or an abandoned house like that. When you juxtapose those really intense moments where it's frantic and you're just trying to, the whole point of the film is or the film. See, there I go. The whole point of the game is that push ahead, that 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 that, stri that striving to survive mm -hmm. off of very little, and um and you're very low on like uh you know ammunition or supplies or food or anything like well not that you eat food but yeah you, you construct your <laughs> kind of stuff uh you get health packs I guess you can construct health packs but like the fact that you are desperately trying to get this done even in moments you're still pushing ahead you're still trying to push to the next point of what will help you mm -hmm. i uh, speaking uh, i wanted to uh go back to those letters because 
I usually when you pick up like those type of things, notes that you read in a game, I sometimes I feel like they put the game to a halt. Like it's just additional information that you could probably just read, read, read uh, not uh-huh. read later on. But these letters, kind of like the audio diaries in the first Bioshock game, they provided um, exposition uh, what had happened, and. I found myself engrossed reading all these letters all the time because obviously you don't know what – I mean you, you kind of have a generalization of what happened. But what they were going through, how they were feeling, mm-hmm. I – it made a really great connection as a player. And I think it would – I think it works for the characters too because they're experiencing this in some shape or way or form. And I think those letters are – again, it's another, it's another great element – and I think it's sometimes games try to you know try to use that like 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 the Codex Diary in um, Mass Effect, which I'm playing right now. I really don't want to read that shit. I don't care. Like if I'm if I don't want to play the game, I'll read them some other time. But I feel like they put a halt to the game because I'm just not that interested. But mm-hmm. but I can't. And that's say why that. it's optional. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's optional for you to read. But those mm-hmm. letters do play a very integral, integral part of the game, and I and I just like that because it just provides more context for the environment that you're exploring. And I think it's an, it's. What'd you say? Did you say something, Ben? When you're reading oh. those letters, you, no, it's your TV that you're hearing. It happens in real time when you read those letters. Like, yeah, you pick it up, and people are still moving about the environment. You kind of see them the frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but, and a great example of that, like. Like, you take those letters and you combine that with, like, things in the environment. Like, they're also, like, just the way things are laid out. Like, there's, it's not random. Like, it all tells a story. Like, for example, when you're in Pittsburgh, you keep reading these letters about what happened in Pittsburgh with that with that zone. And, like, you know who all these dudes are. You don't know their names, of course, but you know who they are and you know what they've done. And, like... You don't even have to question whether they're, like, good guys or bad guys. You know, like, that they essentially, to, to an extent, brought about the end of that zone. Mm-hmm. Took it for themselves, essentially. Like, by finding all those letters and you find people who've been hanged and things like that. Yeah. And graffiti on walls. Like, all that stuff is so great. And then the bookstore, with which was the the ration line. and I, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that, yeah. Nothing. Everything feels like, like the level design all feels like this. It's some apocalypse, apocalyptic um, environments. I feel like look very random, and you don't really know why something got that way. But in this game, it kind of sense why something ended up the way it was, and I really like that. Yeah, it doesn't look contrived either. Like some can feel. You know how that there's that arrow on the floor that you can bring up in Bioshock to tell you where to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's never really anything that points out, points it out in the in the environment, except for that. If you have it on a certain difficulty setting, they they have you hit R three and it like points you towards something, or if you need to look at something in particular, yeah, if you click in the stick, well, well, and and they and they have smart in game ways of pointing you in the right direction. Like Ellie might just say, "Hey, Joel, over here." Whether it's lighting or it's a character telling them to or mm-hmm. something triggers, yeah. And it's all, I mean, it's, but for the most part, it's taking the time to explore as well. And we're talking a lot about the quiet moments and the, and the, and the, and the building of everything. But at the same time, like, some of it's almost, like, rushed through because you have to, 
you're like desperate to get out you know so sometimes there isn't an, a, a time to enjoy the environment well i mean I, I think it's also very intentional too because it's technically while it is a quiet environment it's still a dangerous environment and when yeah. a danger happens it's like it, your level of tension goes from like I would say from zero to ten plus like in an instant because I think when we were talking about way before this game came out we were talking about how like the onslaught of villains like people you just mow down by shooting or killing like it just it's just mind-numbing there's no effect but yet when you face like very like maybe like two or three people on a screen or just maybe even five at most mm-hmm. the tension is so high because you don't want to get caught like in a high in a high difficulty setting you're really incentivized not to get caught because two three guys are very threatening and you are likely to die oh yeah i mean and that's kind of that's kind of like what real life is so yeah give or take i would I, say I, I, yeah I would say to your point too, SP, uh, another thing that adds to that tension a little bit is the crafting system because there are multiple ways that you can use the resources that you're given and that you find. Mm-hmm. And there are you know, obviously lots of different items that, you know, I'm sure I overlooked many items that I could have used to my advantage, but once you get some things, there are different combinations and if you don't, you know, use them to uh, your advantage in the way that you probably should, you could make things a lot harder for yourself. And, uh, you know, so there's that tension as well. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you know, if you're going to do it, like if you need a med pack or something, and you have all the stuff to make it, it's still things you can while you're creating that or find a place to duck not a clicker on your ass. Oh, man, those clickers. So, oh, yeah. holy balls. It can get serious. Those, I think the clickers are probably the most frightening, like, AI I have encountered. They are just no terrible. Well, how are they designed? Those fuckers. Uh, they are blind, but they are they are more sensitive to sound. They use that echolocation, and they, the reason why they're called clickers is mm-hmm. they have this weird like echolocation, like that that real clicking kind of sound that they use to to bounce off of objects that are moving in the environment. So you have to be yes. quiet. They're also, so the the, uh, developers, this is kind of an uh, aside, but the developers came up with the idea for uh, this disease from a real live fungus that uh, does basically the same thing to ants. And it actually starts growing inside their brains and it starts taking over and it starts fucking them up from the inside out. Yeah, it's gross. And it's like like an ant with like, with literal, like, I think I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. That's fucking creepy, dude. Like, that just, like, gets under my skin a little bit. It's, like, the idea of that. And then also, like, the idea of that it's, like, trying to fight against it. Like, there's still a human inside there trying to fight against that, too. And it's yeah. Just, like, and they're not, they're not just a zombie. They're not a dead person. It is just a really infected person. Right. Like, that's just fucking, ugh. It's really, uh, it's intense. That's frightening to yeah. think about, man. Is. Like and I had no idea about the information regarding the ants. I had no idea. So even so, something that actually does exist in yes. real life. It's based on reality, and it's in that uh, that documentary I was talking about too. They talk briefly about what their inspiration was for it. Oh, that's that's so weird. Yeah. Oh. 
Wow. Okay. Well, it, it's what all it works. It's well in the environment. Like you see these like breathing, almost like uh, pustulating. Um, Yes, right? uh, on dilapidated buildings and stuff. It's not just run down because of the apocalypse, but there's also a bit of like spores growing everywhere, and like you have to go through sections with a gas mask on, and and like the set of tension, how like the sound just kind of dies. And, and, like, yeah. But all you hear is the sound of those clickers getting closer and stuff. That that's a little unsettling. It is for sure. And God forbid you ever wake one up and it <laughs> charges at you and you survive. Like that is frightening. Like uh, one of my uh, oh my god. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say this isn't really a spoiler. It's just just uh, in a, a you know I'm just talking about one particular like environment. Like one of the scariest environments I thought in that game was when you're in the school. That like oh, oh yeah oh, fuck. it's all dark and there are just fucking clickers everywhere. <laughs> And I think just trying to like turn the lights on or something like that or get the power back on. Oh man, dude, I don't know what it was about that. Like it was just, I could hear them everywhere. I could like use that vision. You have like this whatever your extrasensory vision. You can see them and everything Detective like that. Detective mode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Still, man, I how, died so. How about the first time you encountered the bloater right after that? In the oh, gym. Yeah. Oh, that bloater was a bitch. Ugh. Was that in the gym? Yeah, that was the gym. Yeah. You, who were you with? Were you with uh, Bill? I think it was Bill you yeah. were with. Uh, yeah. Another great character. He was a piece of work. He was in. No, I mean, when I say piece of work, he was just interesting to watch. He just seemed so hateful. But if, if I understood why he was hateful. What, yeah. I mean, what he had to go through, of course. He's alive, man. He's alive, and he. He's he, back. And he's like. What was his partner's name that killed himself in that house? Frank? Frank. Ah, oh, spoiler! Oh, I'm sorry. Damn it. You have to edit, edit in a Time little code that. spoiler there. That's SP. all right. Time code that. Okay. I'll yeah, time code it for sure. We're treading uh, into spoilers yeah, I a little bit. About it. See, I forget about that. Cause I always think that, like, oh, people want to listen. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's easy to get carried away. But Frank's not a major character, though. But it is sad. It is sad. It's a good uh, moment. It's a really great moment that, that adds to his... He doesn't know. Well, uh, it, he well, was there on the other side of town, and he didn't even know he was dead. Right. That's what's interesting. Oh, and I'm still talking about it. That's all right. <laughs> we already spoiled it. Well, it, 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 in a broader sense, it, that's, that's another part of what makes the story great, right? It's not like just about this core story of... Joel and Ellie, there are all these other very human, very real uh, stories going on with all these different characters that are reacting in, you know, a, a way that it's, you know, that's very realistic to the situation that's going on around them, and it's just, you know, it's stuff that's it's rooted in, uh, you know, in what it, how a human would react to a situation like that. I, you know, when you talk about like the realism and stuff like that, I have a knock against the real about about the. This is probably my only knock for the game. Uh, but first I'll wash my hands under the sink that's gone right now. <laughs> All right. And then... Uh, <laughs> you hear my thing? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh. But, uh... Sorry. sorry. But I guess what was going on with, uh, with... Like, you're with a lot... You're almost always with AI characters. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, not enemy characters. Um, usually you're Joel uh, playing with Ellie or walking around with Bill or something like that. And um, there are moments where you're sneaking through 
and there's something that kills kind of the kind of kills that realism you were talking about is when Ellie could just run right through it all and they don't hear her or they're not attracted to her or like she can go up and attack them uh-huh. if it's not a scripted event do you guys know what I'm talking about like yeah I know you're talking oh about. yeah I know you're getting oh that. I that, the uh, another another character uh, another small character I had a situation where we were in a chamber and like literally I, I'm in listening mode and I'm just watching him just running around circles I, almost like the AI was stuck in a routine or something he was just running circles around a clicker it was really weird and the clicker doesn't see him right I didn't really think that was a knock I just thought that was funny it's kind of one of those things where it's just like I feel like they designed it that way so you wouldn't have to worry about it Right, because it would be it would suck if you had for for the most part ha- have to babysit right a, a character the entire time like you would in eco or or in like you know what I mean like you don't want to go on a on a on a you don't want to be a babysitter you don't want, you don't have to yeah. do all the work caravan mission where you got to look after someone yeah right. so so I, I agree with other ways in that sense. in every game yeah in that sense I agree I agree with you guys you don't want to babysit them but. I think Ben has a point that they could have handled it presentation-wise in a different way, right? Like, that, that character could have just really hung back and... Hung back, yeah. And, you know, hid behind something or whatever. The person that does it probably the best in a game I can think of, and, and this has got... I mean, I, we can cut right back to the game after after I give this example, but um, Elizabeth in Bioshock, she does kind of hunker down. Yeah. She's still a help by giving you... Like, they still make her relevant. Like, Irrational decided to make her throw you ammo or throw you a coin or throw you something. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know if Ellie... I, again, I don't know if that's entirely realistic either. Because I feel like Ellie would want to run ahead and, and you know, you know, throw her knife into, a, 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 you know, the head of, like, a clicker or something like that, too. I don't know. You saved my ass a couple times. Yeah. Well, and, like, and you have to do it as a, well. A, her Bill, AI was a better shot. <laughs> Bill and Ellie, they can all die. Like they can, they all have the opportunity at, cer- at certain points where they are vulnerable, and and you have to save them. You know. Right. Yeah, and they, and they, and they, I like that they handle it that way too. Like, I, do, they, I do like that. Have, <laughs> when they're in danger, you have a while to mm-hmm. get them out of danger. Yeah. And I, it, it's not it, just it, instant. Oh man, they blew up the ship. Crap. <laughs> the escort mission's done. Yeah. Right. The game does give you, it does give you some leniency. You know, it is lenient about it, um, about saving your AI friend. And Ellie, I have to agree with you, Chris. Ellie has saved my butt a couple of times. I think we were traveling. I think we were in, in a hotel, and then she, uh, I was taking on this one, one, one of the thugs or whatever, and there was one of them right behind me. And next thing I know, she's on his back stabbing him. Cause she was like she was crouched down and she got him like I guess you would say like a stealth kill, and she did that stealth animation where she was just stabbing the crap out of the guy and I just looked behind me I'm like, oh my god, that is awesome like. So this is a great time to talk about the violence in this game too. Oh, let's go go for it, dude. Go this for is it. this this in particular over any other game because normally when we talk about a game, most of the games that we play have some usually have some form of violence in it. This one in particular is different in a way that it's extremely more intense, way more close up. In Bioshock Infinite or in another game, you can shoot or you use some sort of power or something like that, and you there's a distance between you and the character. You can still use guns in The Last of Us, but a lot of the times you're punching or shoving or stabbing, and it's way more intimate, 
and way more intense that I feel like a lot of pe some people, some game players, may not be into that. Some, I, so I'm going to say, like, during this part of no spoilers, I just want to... We should have prefaced that at the very beginning, but it is an extremely violent game in comparison, realistically, in comparison to other uh, games that we've talked about. Because there's something fantastical about a lot of the different games we play, whether it's Doom or it's Halo or something like that. But in particular, this one might be a little bit too intense. And, and unsettling and intimate is kind of putting it mildly. I, I would I would say I would say yeah, but I don't think it ever pushes the boundaries where where the violence is it, it, it's it's violent for the sake of violent though that's the thing it's not it, it's not uh exploitative no it's not by yeah. any means i don't feel no, like I, it is i definitely think that there's context for this violence i think that i'm not saying oh, it's wrong and they shouldn't you know, <laughs> yeah shouldn't. it is not it's not gratuitous exactly the only yeah i i can't remember who said it but somebody quoted something about like it, it's it's only ever it's only inappropriate when it's gratuitous <clears throat> mm-hmm yeah. And I never, and I, I never felt that because I felt like the violence. I thought that was a key essential to to their survival. It really was. Well, that's and, what keeps you glued to the screen, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I, I can't turn off the game when I want to play when I'm playing it because I'm so compelled that I just survived another minute in that intense firefight, that intense uh, lapse through um, this, you know, broken down building. It's all those quieter moments are made even quieter when you are on the run, clicker screaming in your face, and you gotta desperately fight your way out of that situation. Right. Uh, yeah. It makes total sense in context because, um, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, as opposed to just watching some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and watching some guy's head get blown off or something, and you're just like, ah. But in this, you're already just so serious and so, you know, you're so involved with the characters that, like, when you just chop someone's head off with an axe or whatever, like, you know, it just adds to the to the tone of it. It's just like, wow, this is for for real. And, like, this is some serious shit that my character... And they know in the game it's fucked up. You know, Ellie's like, holy shit, Cole, or, you know. Right. And let's and let's give the game some credit. From a story standpoint, they, they, they you know, they confront all the violence and yeah mm -hmm. really make you have to deal with that right and it's just it goes you know it's the reality of the situation that they're in and it, it also perfectly worded <laughs> yeah that's a good point Chris. we talked about speaking of sound quality <laughs> we talk a lot about the visuals in this game and how like how great it looks and how the acting and the the, the stuff but that's all matched by an astounding sound design in ways that like just you know the way that they voice their characters like like you said, like Ellie reacts, or Joel is uh, his delivery and stuff like that. But also, a lot of the um, the world sounds. You're outside a lot. Being able to capture that ambient noise outside, or or, or just the uh, environmental sound indoors. You know, you're under things. You're 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 crossing uh, down in the sewers and stuff like that. Like there's a ton of different environments that sound so real. Besides looking so so real, right, right. It adds to the weight. It adds to the weight of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's I just the right amount of disturbing. Maybe that's the good way to put it. It 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 affected me more than gratuitous violence would, in fact, in in any other context. And uh, the environments, you know, add to that as well. I think 
I think we're just getting to the point like the game technically is just very sound. Like no pun intended. Like everything works cohesively. Like everything that the artists so just like it just everything like they under like they understand the game as you would say. They knew what they were making and I felt like nothing was forced. Everything felt natural in the world that was happening, whatever transpired, whether how the characters reacted, you know, the violence, um, the way things looked, how things sounded, like everything. It's like I can't praise this game enough. I know this is kind of a love fest for us, but it's like it's a game that really has a lot of thought into it. And they have full confidence. And, and the, yeah, exactly. The confidence is there. And it's and it's just great to see. It's it's great to see them flourish. And like it's really hard to nitpick mm-hmm. when you have a lot of great things to say about it. But uh, I, sorry, go ahead. Talk Chris. about how we let's talk about how we feel about the 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 game the combat and the stealth mechanics. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say we we need to delve into the, the gameplay now. Okay. So the real meat of what you do. Uh huh. Um, what would you talk? I I would say the shooting is I think it's okay. It's not the best shooting mechanic. I really don't know how to exactly I don't It's know. trying to replicate the realism of the fact that like you you can't really be an expert an expert marksmanship unless you have proper training and are really good with a handgun right. from like from you know from from like 20 yards out. Like your hands shake it's trying to replicate that. I don't know that it really, you know, gets it, delves into it, really makes it feel realistic, but I think that's what it's trying to go for. Yeah. I agree. That, I think that's what it was, and I felt like sometimes, like, maybe it it's was... It's hard to get a headshot because it's supposed to be hard to get a headshot, you know? Right. No, I agree. I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. And, yeah, and it, but I agree. It doesn't. It doesn't always feel great. It's like I get what you're going for, but it's like I almost wish this was handled a different way. Sometimes. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. There are sometimes, especially when I was a, using a sniper rifle, it's like, dude, can you not hold a gun still? Because if I don't upgrade my my you know my you know let you know I sway way too much because I can't get a headshot, and it's mm-hmm. just like I feel like even though it's like. This guy, I feel like this guy would be able to know how to hold a gun pretty still, like not perfectly still, but still enough, but not to the point where I feel like it's kind of moving all over the place, not rapidly, but it was just like, it was just a tad bit frustrating at times. Well, it's, it was, it's it's generally hard to keep a rifle still yeah. from that far away, and the, the further away you are and the further you're zoomed in, the more wobbly it's going to seem because any subtle jarring of your hands are going to move it, and I mean, you can explain it he's malnourished he's not actually a trained rifle like marksman probably i didn't see anything in his house about i didn't see like military medals or a uniform in his closet in the beginning i don't remember seeing anything like that but what's weird is is the way that they deal with it is is like the weird gaminess of like some pills to upgrade my skills you know (laughs) pills is i it's just weird. Lewis, pills, pills. 
they couldn't make a cheese. They could make it a cheeseburger because then they'd have to make the its model fatter over the time of the game. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, what I mean, yeah. Areas like you have a, to choose, like, you have to, you got in a game like this. You, you guess you have to choose how realistic you want to be because it's right. like you know you've got a life bar, which doesn't make any sense. Um, for some odd reason, I can only carry 18 rounds of a revolver because why can't I just dump the bullets inside my backpack? Like, why can't I carry more bullets? It doesn't make any sense. I have a backpack. Right. It's just, the, you know, it's the gaminess. It's, you know, the listen mode, which I think makes some sense, actually. Like the I, I, or whatever they got there? Yeah, like, it, in a, like, I guess the reason why I'm okay with that is because, like, I'm not in the game world. So, like, I need... You can assume... Like, I... There's no way to make me feel like I'm a character. I'm always detached. I know I'm detached. I know I'm not really the character. So, like, I can't experience what a character can experience. So there's things that Joel can hear that I probably can't hear. And so the game needs a way to communicate that. It's like that language when you watch The Bourne Identity and, like, the, the movie communicates the way that Jason Bourne sees the world differently so that it makes yeah. sense to you. Oh, they do that in Sherlock, too. They yeah. Thing that that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch can like see certain things about each person or whatever, but that communicates to you that what he's seeing. You know, you know, the game needs some sort of language in order for the players to understand where the the sound is coming from. And, and you can't they, always see the enemies if they're crouched down. You won't see them in the listen mode. Yeah, they have to be moving or putting out some sort of noise. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you guys feel about the pacing of the game? Because, because um. For me, I, I, I kind of felt like there was this, I, like, uh, well, no, let me let me just ask that. What did, what did you guys think about the pacing? For, it was like a 17-hour game. Uh, I thought it was fine. That's about how long it was for me. I had no issue with it. I think it ramped, in terms of, like, flow, flow I think it was, like, damn near spot on. Like, it, yeah. it starts real quick. It, it jumps you right in. And then once you get to the second half of the game, the timeline starts moving quicker to help move you through because you've been playing it for so long. Yep. That yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it was masterful and, and like I mean, I was looking at the time. I'm, I'm replaying it right now, and I'm still in summer, and I'm at 54% completion. So more than halfway into the game, you haven't even gotten to the second season yet. They do spend a lot of time in summer. I feel like more than the other other. Uh seasons and, yeah. and a great way to tell the story too like, I like that using the seasons and stuff like that i mean that's that's something that i've seen in movies before but i've never seen it used in a game wasn't it didn't they do like a one month later like type of thing in the winter or am i for, am i forgetting no I they, they uh they oh that's a good question no 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 in the fall it changed from. Oh, that's a good question. It's, it's like fall. Was, fall, fall was really short. Yeah, fall was really short. That's when Joel is is incapacitated, pretty much. That's what winter was. Fall was the situation that led to that. Right, Joel is out. And if I remember, fall was God, maybe no longer than an hour. Fall, fall. He literally fell. Falls like from the <laughs> from the two story, uh, yeah. the first story, or on, on the first floor, and he and he. You know, that was me. That was a drum roll. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. 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 And so by the time winter hits, it's like it's still kind of fall by the time you're in the winter month, because it hasn't started like really snowing like crazy or anything. 
No, when it said when I'm pretty sure when it says winter on screen, there's snow outside, and you see oh, Ellie. Oh, in oh the you idea. know what? Yeah, that's right. You start off as uh, no, spoiler. No, I was gonna say we should not talk about the big gameplay change because that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but you know what? Um, they kind spoiler of spoiler. Are we going? Uh, uh no, no spoiler. Hey, you know what? Never mind. You know what? You want to do a spoiler? T- it, it sounds like that we're kind of interfering, like we're kind of like teetering with it. So what? You know what? We need I mean, a transition it, to it, man. More story stuff there. There's more gameplay to talk about there. So, and you can't talk about that story, obviously. You can't even talk about that gameplay without spoiler territory. So I think this is it. Okay. Well, that. Uh, wait. What? Okay. Well, that particular gameplay. I, so I'll bring up one other thing that we didn't say before okay. we go into spoilers. If you don't yeah. mind. Go for it. So, yes. Like, there's two halves of the gameplay, right? There are, we talked about gunplay, but really stealth mechanics are a huge part of the gameplay, too. Yes. Right? Very stealth. What was that again? I'm sorry? You gotta pick up bottles and you gotta pick up uh, bricks. I mean, they're all over the place, and you pretty much have to distract enemies or something like that for the most part, or you can sneak up on. on human enemies uh, and take them out gruesomely. And yeah, uh, I found myself using stealth a lot. Sometimes you can sneak past them and avoid the combat. Sometimes. Yeah, it's not required for you to like take them out to complete the level. Like, oh, you need to you need to kill this guy, you know, or advance on. There was a couple of times where I've snuck past people, and I just went on with the level. It's like, you know what? That was nice. Like, I didn't want to take them out. Done that a little more, or you know, because there there are some moments where you are forced to to kill. Right. And, and I almost wish, like, because they're, I mean, Josh, didn't you finish um, uh, Left Behind? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, this doesn't spoil anything or anything. Like that. Well, I guess maybe it does. I don't know. But there, there are moments where you can sneak completely past things and not have to kill a single thing. Oh, yeah, totally. And Wait, Left there's Behind. things to kill in that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a spoiler. No, I seriously, I thought that was all just, like, I actually didn't think there was any actual combat in that. Oh, no. There's, it's, it's great. Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler. It's great. Here you go, guys. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic DLC. Yeah. Buy the DLC. Uh, I, but fact, anyway. I'm, I'm at a point where I'm not sure why they didn't put that in the game. I feel, I mean, I see why they took it out, but it makes, it makes for another great part of the story. So anyways, it's neither great. here nor there. It's a deleted scene probably, but yeah, moving forward. Okay. So we're doing. Uh, yeah. I, I thought the stealth was, was really good. Um, I had some, like, that was really my only frustration, I think, though, with the, the gameplay. I didn't think the gunplay was that bad at all. I thought it was totally compelling enough, uh, you know, to get me through to the amazing story portions um, and the other set pieces and stuff like that. But I did have to replay several parts, like, over and over and over again because, you know, like, the clicker AI just sort of, like, did something fucking random and like there's no way it saw me and all of a sudden it's just eating my face <laughs> so but I, but at the same time like that's sort of inherent to stealth games right like a lot of stealth oh, games yeah. are like that there's only so good you can make you know you can only make the ai so good or so dumb you have to go one way or the other and if you're gonna if you're gonna make a game where people can stealth their way through you you almost have to make the ai a little dumb yeah in order for it to be not ridiculously frustrating. Yeah. But it, it is challenging to, to sneak past um, runners because they will just turn around at a moment's notice. Like, oh, God. Yeah. They're, they're fidgety. That's the thing. They're and really hard to stealth. Right. I had a hard time 
killing them stealth wise because they're constantly they're constantly moving, and right. that, and I get so frustrated with that. But I picked up on I'm like, oh, that's that's how the the AI is. It's like, oh, okay, well, I can't really be that mad because they're that's their personality, I guess you would say, and how they act. I like that. I mean, it made sense that humans were easier to stealth because just of how just because of how they move. Right. It's kind of ironic. They're very, you know, humans are very involved self-preservation, which in a sense makes them more vulnerable to stealth, where the runners don't give a crap, which makes them harder to stealth. And that makes, I like that you have those two different types of encounters where, like, okay, it's like, if I'm really smart, I can stealth these humans. And I got through, I probably, I murdered some, like, lots of dudes without ever being noticed, because yeah. I would, I got seen, oh, restart the encounter. <laughs> yeah. But... But I eventually, I times, gave it. Yeah. I get when there were, when, but when it was uh, infected, I, I had to give up on trying to stealth. I'm like, okay, it's inevitable. I'm gonna get seen. I'm just gonna have to handle this. Get the Molotovs ready. <laughs> uh, it was some of the more difficult encounters I thought too involved the combinations, like where there, there were runners and clickers in the same room. Yeah. It was like, oh man, if this runner sees me, I am totally fucked. If I pull my gun on this thing because then it's every single clicker is gonna hear me. I upgraded that that shiv skill so that when when they get you, you can shiv them yeah. right away. Yeah, me too. Um, so that was really challenging. The other thing that was cool too is that you can when you, sometimes you have clickers and humans like fighting each other, and you know you can kind of wait for that moment, and then you can c- jump up and like stab a human while he's like trying to help his buddy and shoot towards the clicker and stuff like that. So you can really use some of those you know those skirmishes to your advantage. Pretty awesome. I liked it. Oh man. Anyway, I ha- I, I didn't I, I hated those combinations for all the right reasons. It just it yeah. it build the tension and I think again, it's just it's just level design. So I think I think after that so spoiler territory now. I think it's time for spoilers. Oh, we lost. Oh, uh this doesn't really have anything to do with Well, we can talk about that at the end. I was going to say uh multiplayer. But that's not really a spoiler. I haven't touched did multiplayer. Did anyone play it? I didn't. I did not. No. I I checked out the game from the library this time, and I didn't realize that you needed a multiplayer pass to play it, so I didn't get. I didn't try it. Oh. This was one of those games where you had to buy it new to get multiplayer included. Otherwise, if you rent it, borrow it, buy it pre-owned, you have to buy the multiplayer pass. All right. Okay. All right, so this is going to be a spoiler territory, folks. So if you do not want anything spoiled about this game, or if you don't really care, this is the point where it's no hold bar, and we are just going to go for it. So it's it's a cage match between the four of us, chairs, tables, you you name it. It's it's going to be. And we're getting into specifics, so we're getting. You were warned. You have been warned. Down to what kind of underwear Joel was wearing. Exactly. <laughs> Briefs. Edible. Edible. <laughs> oh. oh. They're clickers. Gummy boxers. They'd probably eat that. Ah, tasty. That's just that's really good. So, what do you guys want to touch upon first within the spoiler territory? Uh, the, the opening scene. Opening scene. Go for it. Ben. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go for it, buddy. Like the first thing you do in the game, the first moment is surprising where you play as Sarah, the daughter, and you're walking around the house. Holy shit. Talk about the quickest, like, twist ever in a video game. Right. Like, you're not playing as the main character right away. 
<laughs> I normally play as the white male hero, and like all of a sudden you're playing as this uh, teenage daughter walking around the house, and you're screaming dad, and the acting, the voice acting, once again, and the sound design is so good that I'm a little creeped out walking through, and she's right. crying for, uh, for her dad, and she goes in the bedroom, she sees the television, she sees the explosion happen, she walks downstairs, she hears the cell phone, she hears a dog barking, then she doesn't hear the dog barking, you know, and it's all, like, really unsettling, and it's a great way to open that up, but also, you know exactly what's coming. Like, you know exactly and, what's going to happen. And it's the one time in the game where we get to see what the world was like inside somebody's house before it went to crap. And that and that level design is also amazing. Like, it's, it's one thing to add, to add texture to an environment that's fucked up, but to add texture to an environment that's really normal, that could be your bedroom, that's yeah. impressive. The other thing too that I thought was really impressive with with this with the whole thing with Sarah, is that her death isn't isn't brought about because of a like a clicker or a, or one of the one of the one of the evil uh, zombie things taking over. It's killed by another human, and it was mm-hmm. a completely unnecessary death. That like, that when you say unnecessary, do you mean like it was unnecessary to kill that character off, or like it uh, was. No, I meant like that. Like the, the the army guy had an order to shoot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And I just he, want clarification. That's like they could, like now like obviously they're better now than they have twenty years later, which of course is another twist. Twenty years. And after, they they know, cut from her death to twenty years later. But what I'm yeah. saying is like at twenty years later they have quarantine zones now. They don't have to just shoot everybody that's quote in an infected place. They're all infected. But the fact that mm-hmm. they could go from one part of uh, like okay, we just gotta get we just gotta shoot people on site because we don't know what's wrong with them or something like that. Like, unfortunately, she was one of the ones that got caught in that fire, and mm-hmm. uh, that death scene. They, they have a test that evidently in the future they have a way to test it. Oh, interesting. And see all they that. Had the thing. Remember they were scanning the thing in front of people. Oh, okay, gotcha. The little mm-hmm. thing. Yep, and yep, yep. Like like in the movie, the thing. Oh yes, that's a good. That's a good uh, place to to derive some. Much like the road, you know. Okay, so yeah, so that's another twist as well, where they jump twenty years ahead. Usually, you're you're seeing like a like you think of like The Walking Dead or something like that, where it happens, uh, and it's twenty eight days later, or it's you know you're you're seeing the world kind of crumble apart. This mm-hmm. takes place completely after, like twenty years or after. Or long after. Yeah. Yeah, and then and not only that, but you have a character, a young character, who's only known this world. You know, yeah, you don't get that often. Fourteen years old, and it's, she's an unlikely kind of perspective that you're seeing. She gets so when you are walking through that world, and you're seeing her go through a record store and go, "Wow, look at all this music," and like no one to listen to it and stuff like that. You kind of have that like, "Oh man, I never thought about that." Like, that yeah. of, and she doesn't know how to swim because how would she learn how to swim? Right. Or, or even see nature for that matter. She's never been out in in the wilderness, so all of this is scary to her, or unsettling, I guess. Oh yeah, I would say it's unsettling, not scary. She's she's yeah. definitely intrigued about the world outside of what she's normally used to. Well, she wanted out. And yeah, exactly. That's all about. And speaking of the main intro, I mean, like, talk about gut rant, gut wrenching for one. I mean, you start off as the little girl. And the, the scary thing is, is like you're not seeing, you're seeing it from her perspective, how everything is going crazy. And I'm like, this girl has to be utterly terrified. And she is. Like, that would be scary for any girl, like any little girl, or even boy, as a matter of fact. I'm just like, just scared for a child. And that was like, man, this is messed up. 
and then and again she gets killed by another human being and it's just like this this sucks like talk about like 15 minutes in the game and it's like I'm already depressed sad face but it's like this it's going to be like the single most important thing about that you know that explains who Joel is 20 years later you know everything about him in the future about like what he's doing about how much involvement he has with any group you know he doesn't care about the fireflies he doesn't care about what the remnants of the government like that all makes sense just based on that moment right exactly his empathy or any thoughts towards government related stuff is just out the window from that point on right really makes perfect sense uh, another uh, key, yeah, outlaw for sure. Uh, <laughs> another key moment. Um, I would say after encountering um, Ellie, I'm trying to think of all the all all the things that took place. Um, what Tess? I was not expecting her to be written off that quickly. I love that character, and she yeah. was so awesome. Her anger. Well, just her introduction. Yeah, the way they introduced her. Like, you could tell her and her and Joel had some sort of history over the past 20 years. Like, I'm not saying they immediately met and stuff like that. But they definitely mm-hmm. have this, like, business business relationship of them having to go around. And, like, there's mm-hmm. this... Joel has this reputation in Boston. When he walks around, they're like, dude, you know who that is? It's Joel. Like, he's the guy mm-hmm. that gets the food or the supplies or the medicine or whatever the fuck it is. And mm-hmm. Tess is the is honestly the muscle. Right. Which which you never see female characters in a in a situation like that. Like Joel wants to figure it out. He wants to talk. He's like, All right, let's see let's see what's going on, blah blah blah. Tess would just as soon pull out her gun and shoot a person in the face. And Almost kinda of Jack Bauer that shit. And you know, and he doesn't and Joel doesn't kind of is a person who doesn't want to be that involved anyway, so you so it would be very easy for him to let her essentially be the boss. And she and she's got this uh feeling too about her like Something really messed up must have happened to her for her to be so, oh, yeah. to be so cold, to be so just. They've, I don't care anymore. Like I've, you know, I, don't, I loved honestly, their I don't relationship. Yeah, because you Cause can they clearly they had clearly yeah. been romantically involved at some yes. point too. Exactly. Totally. And any other, I feel like any other piece of fiction might have tried to make that like a real focus, like they're romantically involved and try and make them cute and shit. But it's like. They, they start. They start you pretty much after whatever involvement they've had with each other. It you know is whatever it is that they have. Like pretty much after that, and I like that they started after that. Because yeah, because yeah, they they they're not going to get involved too much with each other because they care too much about each other. And clearly they did exactly when Tess you had to leave Tess behind. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's it's why Joel doesn't want to is reluctant to even take Ellie. You know, it's because he doesn't want that on him. Especially, yeah. Ha- ha- if if they only knew what he went through, I doubt they'd be giving him a fifteen-year-old girl to look after. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. let's be honest. Let's be honest. He is probably alive twenty years later because his daughter died, and he didn't have anybody he had to look after. You're right. True. I love that he keeps the watch on. The watch that he gets from from Sarah in the very first scene for his birthday. Wow. Yep. The watch is completely broken. And Ellie's like, come on, let's go, Joel. And he just goes, ugh. And he looks down at the watch like, all right, <laughs> all right, Sarah. Like, like there's a bit of him like, like there's, the, you just, the, those subtle moments are so good. They're, those are those cinematic parts that we talk about that are, 
that really yeah. that really come out. I mean, yeah, the plot is great. Like the stuff that happens and, and the, all that pacing and stuff like that is masterful. But the the true like highlights for me are now when I when I replayed the game is catching all those moments where he's looking at the watch or Ellie goes, your watch is broken or something like that. Like seeing yeah. those, those little moments where you're calling back to Sarah and you're calling, remember Joel's motivation. They don't hit you over the head with it. They're real subtle in those facial expressions, in the eye movements, in the way mm-hmm. that they deliver their lines. It's all, it's all a great, well-fitting together puzzle. It just, it's just a, it, it just did an amazing job of creating that context. Like, why would any crazy person try and drag this girl who may or may not be the key across the country? And, like, you get that motivation in the beginning, and they, they don't have to slap in your face. It's just, here's this moment. This is clearly going to be the most important thing that ever happened to him. Yeah, right. And, I, and that's what I love about this game is, like, it doesn't have to hold you by the hand. Like, you can clearly tell what's going on in this game. It doesn't miss anything. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's very elegantly presented. Um, one thing was having, I wasn't expecting Tess, when I was talking, when, speaking of Tess again, um, I wasn't expecting her to be killed off. I honestly was not expecting that at all for some reason. I, just I mean, never, I kind of did because I assumed it was just going to be Joel and Ellie at some point. I just well, didn't know it was going to happen so fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing was, like, there's other characters that you encountered that, you know, they didn't tag along with you and, and you know, and they survived. Some. Um, yeah, like, I mean, lady, some. The lady that gave her Ellie. What's that again? I'm sorry? Who was the lady that gave Joel Ellie? What was her name? The Firefly Lady. Oh, God. I am drawing a blank. Oh. I don't remember. Like, they, they kept introducing... Like, it's a very female-heavy cast, too. I love that. Like, that's really cool that they give... They're giving all these... I mean, I think know. about the studio that we're talking about, though. Naughty Dog and... It's true. You know, the Uncharted games. Yeah. You know, you, your main character is, is, is a male protagonist, but it, they're, you know, filled with female characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good point. Good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I, I forgot about that. Wasn't it the same Firefly uh, woman that came back, like, at the end? That's, yeah. like, enemy? Mar- yeah. Mar- Marlene? Mar- yeah. Marlene. Isn't that? Okay, so that's the same one from kind of the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right because in the note, because... I, like near the end of the game, you start reading some of her notes or, and get some of the audio recorders that she have wish she have never gave up Ellie at a time or some right. point. Yeah, that's it then. Uh-huh. She knew, she knew uh, Ellie's mom, and actually, I uh, there's a there's a bit of fiction besides besides getting to see a little bit of uh, what Ellie's life was like before she was given to Joel. On top of that, you get to see. Uh, her first time uh, encounter with um, uh, the girl that she went to school with, uh, but it's not just in Left Behind. They also talk about it in um, in the in the comic book as well, hmm. uh, American Dreams. So that was there... issue thing as well that kind of talks about her her relationship. What Ellie's the relationship. Last of Us comic book? Yeah, it was coming okay. out from Dark Horse. Oh, okay. So like expanded fiction stuff. It's, right. a, it's a bit of expanded fiction, but like they also talk about her her knowing um, Marlene because of her mom. And, like, Ellie didn't really know her mom too mm-hmm. well. And so she asks Marlene a lot, like, do you know, you know, tell me about my mom and stuff like that. Or, you know, Wasn't know. there some of that in, um, in that letter that was in Ellie's backpack? Yeah. That was, like, what yeah. she asked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they go Speaking into of Ellie's backpack. Oh, wait, I guess we haven't gotten there yet. Never mind. 
Yeah. Riley was the was the name of the girl. Yeah. Really did uh, right, uh did that does that girl the the other girl right, does she have any connection to Marlene? Uh not that I could see. He, well, I mean Oh really? Not like a direct connection, but they were both in the Fireflies, that's all I know. And actually so Mar- they're not family or anything. No, uh, I was just going to say she's she's involved with the Fireflies. I'll I'll spoil a little bit of the comic. Like what what happens in the comic is um they both end up at the same boarding school, the two girls, Riley and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Riley keeps leaving the the boarding school, and and Ellie discovers why. It's because she's been going. Riley's been going to Firefly meetings because of Marlene, so that's their connection. Oh, I don't know if there's like a familial connection or anything like that. Like if that's not like her mom or her sister or anything like that. I just I just know that it's it's that connection with the Fireflies. Like, and Ellie wants to desperately become part of the Fireflies, but she's best friends with Riley too. So, anyways, but that's all in different things. Interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Okay. But I don't want to spoil. <laughs> it's a whole different medium. It's not, it's not oh, no, 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 no. I I'm know, talking, I know. It, it relates directly to Left Behind. Oh, sweet. All right, well, that, that gives me more of a reason to actually play the DLC then in some other, in the future, I guess. I definitely recommend it. All right, well, how, how long, how, just a quick, quick question. How long is that DLC? Oh, uh, I don't know, like maybe uh, I don't know, three or four hours, I'd say. That's nice. Three, four, five hours. I don't know, the story's not that much. All right. So anyway, continuing on with some of the spoilers, uh, what, what would you say another big spoiler um, section of the game? I would say... Well, I, you know what? I, I would uh, Before you get too far ahead, since after Tess dying... Yeah. I was is 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 uh kind of mad against the mad about the world bill was i i i did not want to see him die and i was afraid he was going to die because of joel and ellie right so i was happy that he didn't die me too and, and that was a surprise because i thought he was probably going to die yeah wouldn't, wouldn't you think like i feel like like it would be kind of like the prote- every time a protagonist encounters some kind of random person in the game or somebody they knew they die, or something just really bad happens to them, and really nothing happens to Bill, like the, from the cause of Frank, uh, from the from the cause of Joel and Ellie. But it's very sad to see that his friend, or who he thought was his friend Frank, kills you know kills himself, and yet he was not that far from Bill at all, because I think Bill's under the impression that Frank was. Long gone. gone, yeah, long gone. Yeah. That's kind of depressing. Well, I, I, I mean, I think they're insinuating in a couple of the letters or, or the way that he was acting. I think they were like, they were having like a spat. Like yeah. they were, they were lovers. Bill was, Bill was really bossy. Yeah, Bill was bossy. And and, and, uh, and so yes, it did, and it implied that too. Yes, they implied that that he moved across the way and spat, and Frank ended up dying. And well, so. How could you not feel as Bill a little bit responsible for yeah. the death, and, and he ends up kill himself? Like Frank kills himself. Yeah, it's honestly it's depressing. God, God. Yeah, what you what you said about the two of them being lovers? Yes, they they were very subtle about it, but I think they were trying to say that without having to be like, oh yeah, yes, that's done so well. Yes, they were, you know without having to say yes, they were. Yes, we went there. We did that. Yeah, they were just subtle. It was. And the the way that, the one the thing that really sold it was was his choice of pornography. 
Well, yeah, that was a little, yeah. But I tell you what, if they if they made a, a female, that was funny. Frank, that was a male nudie nudie book that that Ellie had picked up. That was pretty funny. That's a funny scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. if they switched out Frank or Bill as a as a female character, it wouldn't it would have still read the same, like to me. It it was just a it was two lovers having a spat that one went across the. Uh, I mean, the, he said, "I had a partner." Yeah. You know, it's like, what would you even mean by that? Like, what what, did, what would that make, you know, I had a partner. Like, that's very descriptive, you yeah. know. Yeah. I was really taken aback. So, Okay, so what was the the black guy's name and his brother that you... Henry uh, and Sam. Henry? Henry and Sam. Sam, yeah. That one caught me off guard. Like, that was a, a little <laughs> bit of an emotional one for me. I was like, holy shit. Oh, this that's why he threw the robot down on the ground. <laughs> what, what like, I don't know why. I just didn't see that coming. And, like, you were becoming, like, such good friends with them. And, like, Ellie was finally, like, getting some, you know, a human relationship that was, like, you know, a uh, really positive impact on her hanging out with... Uh, someone her own age. Yeah, someone her own age and learning a lot from him and everything else. And then it's just like, oh, my God. I, I don't do. even. Remember, I I haven't gotten that far on my on this playthrough. I don't remember what all happened. Oh, it's sad. I, I, they both died. I just don't remember how it went down. One well, was bit. The other up, one killed themselves. They end, up, yep. they end up getting into a little bit of a of a, a fight with with the creatures or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After, after um Henry like scolds his younger brother Sam for trying to pick up a, a toy in the toy store. It's like a little robot or whatever. Yeah. And later on, um, wasn't it Ellie who got who picked it up? Ellie ends up grabbing it, and I actually—you can actually see her stuffing it in her bag as you're leaving that toy store. In the toy store, and I say I saw her pick that up. And then yeah. you guys yeah. stop later that night, and you guys are having like a campfire, and you get to talking, telling stories, and stuff like that. And Ellie goes off to the other room to see Sam, and and she's she's sitting there talking about how yeah, you know, I, I kind of miss being a kid too. Like you know, it's fine though, because. I get to do all this other stuff, and they're talking about what he's afraid of, and he goes, are you afraid? Like, I'm afraid of those things. I'm afraid of turning into one, and stuff like that. And you know right there, like, yeah, he you give, deathly afraid. when you give that robot, or when Ellie gives that robot to Sam, and he just throws it on the ground after she leaves, you see the bite, and you yeah. say, no. And then, so it's just like, you're just, that's when the pot is boiling, and it's like, it's only a matter of time before, you know, yeah, well, it's not. Out. It doesn't take long. They establish it. It doesn't take long by that point in the game, too. Yeah, it happens with the, like it happens overnight, and then there's this little spat that if that he, the, the little brother Sam starts attacking who starts attacking Ellie or yeah starts attacking Ellie, and the whole it's kind of like a little fight going on, and eventually who shoots Sam? Was it Henry who shoot shot him? can't remember who shot uh, Joel was about to do it. Yeah, Joel's about to kill him. Yeah. And what happened was, um, uh, you know, because, okay, so so he was about to shoot, sorry, Joel was about to shoot Sam. Yeah. And Henry tells him no. It all happened so quickly. And, you know, he, they're trying to pull Sam off of Ellie. Yeah. Sudden, Sam's head explodes and he dies. And, he, and it cuts, and it, and it like, you're not cuts, but, like, you, you focus in on Henry, who's standing there with a smoking gun, like, tears in his eyes, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And and then he ends up shooting himself, because he, like, lowers the gun, and he's so, like, sad and stuff like that. I thought, honestly, that the suicide was more surprising, but honestly, I don't yeah. know, I don't know Henry's, uh, I don't know Henry's, it was, like, I don't it was know. more how quick 
it happened, how quickly it happened. Yeah, and for yeah, him yeah. to kill his brother, who is no longer his brother in, in in my book, I don't I don't think so. But like to turn the gun on yourself, I thought that was way more surprising. But there must have had something happened in in Henry's past that you know maybe he's lost too many brothers or maybe that it's was just black. him and his brother. Yeah, who yeah. knows how many brothers you know, you he has, plus parents and. It's all gone now, you know, and it's it's. I'm it's, pretty sure, yeah, he was the only, those. They were the only two left. But here, but but listen, and here's something that just occurred to me. Maybe that was all he had left in the world. Like that was it, right? Like, yeah. There's no reason to live if he loses that. Well, guess what? That's exactly what Joel is thinking in the end of this game. If I lose Ellie, that's it. I don't have anything left in this world. You it's said not it. worth for me to live here anyway. Has to be it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're totally right. That that totally fits. That's the like foreshadowing. That's that's wow. Wow, yeah. That's that's probably one of the best foreshadowing of the game. Like it's and it's it's very hidden foreshadowing because I feel like the game is constantly making you feel like Joel is going to die. Oh my god, there's so you know what I mean? Like when he when he when they're on that when they're on that campus in the university, like when he got impaled and I'm like, oh fuck. Like when when winter came and you just saw Ellie, I'm just like and you're playing as Ellie, I'm just like, shit. Did I'm they old. really do it? Did yeah. they really do that? Like, is that it? Yeah. yeah, in the back of my mind the whole time, I thought somehow Joel was going to end up sacrificing himself for Ellie. Right? Like, I just, it just made sense. But, man, what a great, what a great ending. Yeah, the reality of what happened, I just, I've never been more shocked and amazed and just pleased with how ballsy they were so at the ball- end of the game. I mean, yeah, that, that was that was probably one of the biggest reveals in the game. I was like, so, like this whole time, like the thing is, is like when they when Ellie gets when they get when they reach the fireflies, and they learn that you know. Hang on a second. Hang okay. On, sorry. Before we talk about that. Okay. Before we talk about that, because if that's the last big spoiler we're going to talk about, I want to talk about when you start playing as Ellie. Okay, go ahead. When Joel Joel is sick, just. We haven't talked about that actual gameplay. Yeah, okay. I want to know how you guys felt about playing as Ellie. Um, it was really... I I liked it. Like, I, was I, she a better shot with the bow? I don't remember. Yes. I thought she was, to tell you the truth. And She's had time. Yeah. Well, no, maybe not. I don't I, know. I no, she has. Like, I mean, she's on her own all the time. I mean, she was on her own throughout the most of the time because Joel was incapacitated from, you know, being impaled from that fall. But the fact that also how she handled herself around other people she didn't know was was pretty interesting, too. And you come to find out the people that you meet later on in the game during the winter, you've been killing off their like his his little like his group of people. Because he he had mentioned like yeah this is older gentleman and this young girl who have been like you know killing off my people and he had a slow moment you're like oh shit like I've been killing this guy's you know friends off family who whoever who are in his group and you're just like I'm like I have a feeling I know where this is going and I didn't I didn't feel bad for a single moment oh no I no I didn't feel I, bad you I, I knew those people were no good though like. Maybe not all of them, because there's always, I mean, and just to talk about that whole situation going on with that town, there's always, you know, that, that that's it's just a thing that's happened throughout history where you have a few people 
leading the pack and everybody else is just kind of following along in the badness. They're not necessarily bad people, but they let bad things happen. You oh, know? Yeah. oh, yeah. And but you... as far as I'm concerned, they attacked first and Ellie and Joel were defending themselves. Oh, so, which, yeah, which made me not I feel... I, I, I might have shot first technically, but... Was, wasn't the guy's name Robert? Something like that. Was it Robert? That's... Are you talking about Nolan North's character, David? Was it David? Oh, oh, what? Wow, that was da- Nolan. Are you talking about the cannibal? Yeah, the cannibal. That's what I was yeah. Say. yeah David. cannibals. Yeah, yeah, that's David. That's played by Nolan North. Um, I didn't realize that. Wow, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, once again, another great performance, and, I, and it's I, so I, well yeah. hidden in that character because he kind of lowers his voice, like, "Hey, come on, Ellie, let's go." Like he's got some <laughs> weird, like, ability to to morph his his posture and his, even the his. His voice as well. Another really, really good. Oh, he was creepy, man. I I knew from the minute I met him there was something wrong. Like there's just something not right about that guy. But just trying to find some food. <laughs> like he he does seem like a frontiersman kind of, uh, mountain kind of mountainous kind of person. Like someone you would meet out there in the cold. But at the same time, I didn't. I honestly, I didn't see him coming. Uh, until like, well, obviously until they revealed him when he's like, and then there was. Uh, we saw. They said they saw a crazy man out there, crazy, just killing people. But he was with a little girl, and he's like cutting up the deer, like for the meat. Yeah. Was, oh, so fascinating. I was like, oh balls. It was kind of remind me of that reveal a little bit of like a reveal in uh, Walking Dead season one. You know, what I, you know, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, now. no kidding. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities in, in the in the way that that story structure, but very different to the point where you know, you know, you don't really go, oh, well, they're just copying this or that, you know. Oh yeah, I, obviously, I'm not saying they're copying, but like there's some similarities that I caught on. I was like, I'm like, it just reminded me of that moment in uh, The Walking Dead season one, and this in this moment, I felt a little bit more tense because I'm just like of the situations that I've which, already wait, been. Which moment again? Uh, the reveal about Nolan North's character David, the the cannibal folks. When that... he's oh. deer, he's sitting there describing. Um, I saw, I heard about this crazy man out in the wilderness, you know. And what's crazy about it is he was with a little girl, and like he turns to her, and like, you know, that's when you know that they're after they're after trying to kill her, Angel. You know, so. that 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 made me that frightened me a lot because I'm well, like as soon as you're done like you, you just you just finished a skirmish with him as your ally you've just held off a bunch of clickers and stuff and now there's a sudden like uh oops it's, like <laughs> we we can't be friends <laughs> that was <laughs> really frantic too that was a really frantic shootout that oh, was yeah. crazy that, that, that it was a really tight space yeah. Yeah, the the environment was just so claustrophobic, especially when you had a bloater in there too. And I was just like, "Fuck me, man! Like, how am I gonna do this?" Talk about a weird, you know, gaminess. Like, because of how underpowered she is, they had to do something to empower her a little bit. So they give her an unbreakable knife, which immediately brings to mind like Joel couldn't find a usable knife anywhere. I have to keep crafting shivs. <laughs> I mean, that's true. She, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Do you have, you have to craft stuff as her too, don't you? Yeah, you, you, do. you oh, have okay. to craft the same stuff, but she doesn't have breakable shivs. She's got an unbreakable oh. knife. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It sounds um, like it sounds like it's just a gamey thing, just to kind of have yeah, her. Oh, yeah. Like, but they countered like that. Who having? It, to... it didn't bother me. It's just funny. It's just that oh, weird yeah. thing. That they just, you know, 
couldn't avoid, didn't have the time to work something else out, you know, and you, 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 when it comes, like I said, when it comes to realism, you have to pick your battles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, with making her weaker, you're more dependent on staying hidden and staying out of the shadows Absolutely. and attacking from, from being, you know, and actually, um, when you're sitting there trying to uh, find Joel and eventually you end up in that restaurant and they start cutting, cross-cutting between the two times, the two time periods. Yep. Uh, her her in that restaurant getting chased by him um oh, such a freaky like uh kind of a a bit of a like a shining moment in some ways i can i can see you know where he's just getting chased uh in the <laughs> in the snow into this yeah. like, kind of uh humanistic place and all the humanity has been taking from it it's now hunter and hunted i don't know about you man but i actually had sweaty palms throughout that whole that whole sequence when yeah. it was just me and david and i'm just like fuck me like this this makes me really Wait, are you talking about where you're in the jail cell you're talking about like the showdown with him before you kill him the showdown the showdown yeah the showdown you're so vulnerable and that part was kind of hard too i died a few times he he too started getting really stealthy as well like he would start crouching down after maybe after you got him a couple times like that to me like that was the hardest part of the game or at least of that moment where he started crouching and he would he he was a speedy guy too and i was like crap shit like oh there's a couple times i thought i was going to get him and then he moved and i was like fuck like it was just so like the again the tension is just so well built and i'm just like and when you finally get him it was a it was relief like it was a big moment of relief and that so very important that oh i'm sorry i, I don't want to step on you oh no I, what happens when he dies because wasn't there something kind of like shocking like about how you kill him or does it... uh he he um he's crawling he has you on your back pretty much and you and you like flip over and it's oh, almost Joel? No, David. David has has uh, Ellie on her, like her on her back, oh. or, or or she's on her stomach or something like that, and it almost implies that that because um, he's like straddling her, like on top of her, like sitting on her torso. Like he's gonna try to rape her or something. Almost like it looks like she like it's hard not to see that. It that seemed very clear that there was more that from the beginning he was trying to do more than eat her. Yeah. Oh, and she played off of that, if you remember, because when she was in the jail, oh, yeah. hell, right. she's like, she Breaks says something head. like sexual, and he like leans in, and then she like grabs him. And, like, oh, yeah. Hurts his hands through the jail hurts bars. Something. Yeah. Okay, so she's on her back. That's right. She's on her back, and you end up having to like frantically push a circle button or square or whatever to square. grab the knife. Yeah. Or no, a hatchet. It was a Didn't hatchet. Joel pop up at some point in machete. the machete. It was a machete. That's the important part, Chris. Is that that uh, Ellie was the one to kill David? And say, I know she finished him off, him off. At no point does Joel come in and like save the day. It's more like that, like get her he out. Didn't of pop the up until afterwards. Yeah, he popped up afterwards after like Ellie. After she had finished him off. Yeah, Ellie grabs the machete from underneath like the booth or a chair or something. Like, that's what it was. And she just starts hacking away. Like, she was able to get him down on his back, and she just starts wailing on him. You don't see the actual, like, penetration with the uh, yeah. machete. You just see her, like, maybe, like, a... The awful snapping, and, yeah. Oh, uh, you just you just hit... It's just it's just the sound, and you're just watching her. It's away, though. Yeah, she does. It's, it's intense. It's really intense. And this is... And, and of course, you know, in, in, the, in the most coldest, hardest part... Of the you know the the part where the the most survival the hardest part of the game 
for you to really endure is this moment when it's winter, the harshest season of the year too. Oh yeah. Like it's one of the one of the heaviest times where you're, you're frantically that. trying to survive. Because then then it doubles back into spring. Uh, it, you come back all the way full circle into the final season, and honestly, some of it's kind of a walk in terms of you just you you're walking and and ultimately um I don't want to I, I we'll get to the spoiling of uh, the particular thing you see in Salt Lake City, um, Utah where oh that was Salt Lake City, yes it was yeah. Utah that makes, that makes end up you end up going that, by that a makes zoo sense that would happen in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Continue on, Ben. Continue on. But but like eventually, like like, um, spring becomes kind of a let's walk and explore in some ways. I mean, until you get to the Firefly, uh, place. But but like you know, I, I'm I'm skirting around it. But I, I guess I can say like you end up walking into a particular part with some giraffes. Like winter was so dark and so heavy. To, to witness and, and, and go through as Ellie, like her dark and, and she and she clearly hadn't gotten over it because if I remember the cut correctly, when they cut from winter to spring, they cut to her face and it's like, oh, okay, months have gone by and she's still thinking about this clearly. Yeah, she's clearly changed and is now pretty screwed up because of it. We we so, skipped the part in the fall where where we talk about Tommy as well when they go to Tommy's place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But like, yeah. but like Ellie, Ellie like ends up stealing a horse and leaving. She's almost kind of uh, angry well, because I can't remember what motivated that. Well, well, something that Joel said or did. Ellie, no. Ellie was just gonna drop off Ellie, and that was gonna be it. And yeah. she, somebody, oh yeah, somebody. So she stole a horse and ran off, and ended up ended up in this little girl's room, in like a ranch style house. And Ellie um, was reading this girl's diary, and she's like, I can't believe this is what girls my age back then were, were worried about. They were worried about boys. They were worried about what clothes they were going to wear, where, when they were going to go to the mall. She's like, I don't have to deal with that. I have to deal with way worse stuff. Like, what a, what a, like, what a joke, like, you know. <laughs> but, like, but in, in, her, in her attitude and stuff like that towards it, it makes sense. Like, she shouldn't have to deal with this stuff as a, as a kid. I mean, she, I agree. She, I agree. It made me. It made me laugh because she's like, "Really? You like boys? What time? What time am I go to the mall?" Like, I, I, they gave me a chuckle at the same time. I was like, "Yeah, you shouldn't really have to be dealing with assholes and infected and yet, people." Every time she becomes, she becomes literally uh, a coming of age story where she, where she has to completely fend for herself because Joel is out. Joel is, uh, Joel is taken. Like he's not. He he he's unavailable. So she has to kind of fend a little bit and deal with it. And mm-hmm. eventually, um, yeah, by the springtime, she's just like, she's almost like broken at this point. But also, yeah, there's a there's just a shred of hope, which is Salt Lake City. And it almost kind of enlightens back up. It almost ignites in the spring when um, when she sees uh, a particular something. And, you know, and, and you're not... You're not uh, sure of what it is yet. I love the reveal of how that happens. She's like, oh my gosh, Joel, look at this. And you're like, Ellie, Ellie, come back. Ellie, get back here. And you're like, come on, follow me. And you're and you're following her, her throughout uh, all of this stuff. And eventually you get to... she. Oh, I, I'm sorry. The, the, the way it's done is really cool. Like, there's a ladder. You guys usually help each other get, like, you know, help each other up or, or you know pick mm. each other or help each other hoist each other up or over stuff and she drops the ladder and stuff well she doesn't even do that she just like the, the ladder just flops over 
Like, you're so conditioned to, to just do the same thing over and over again with her, but the one time that it happens, um, she's distracted and runs off, and you don't exactly see what it is until you mm -hmm. finally get to, like, a, a opening in, like, the building where yeah. a giraffe is eating. Yeah, that's it, yeah. From yeah. a plant. That was really, well, it was actually just a couple of them, and they ran off together. Oh, there was way more than that once you actually got out onto the uh, the, the park bench or the yeah. Yeah, the top Roof. of the bench because they were all walking towards like the over a football field or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it all stems from her using that ladder and going, oh my god, wait, and then it just drops, and then you end up having to to take care of yourself, and you're desperately trying to say, what do you mean? What's what's going on? Like you're they're they're kind of showing up but they're kind of not you know and she's like come on joel hurry up you got to see this and stuff so you're like scurrying through the the environment you can't quite tell where it's at and that's the real magic of that moment that's that brings you that that's the warming moment that melts all of what had just happened to you in the winter like how can yeah. things possibly be so bad when there's beautiful moments like this when when right. When you and, and Ellie can sit there, and honestly, I, I when when uh when you get to that roof, you can sit there for a little while. You don't have to, you don't have to be uh, rushed. rushed through that. You can take your time and just enjoy that scene because it was a great like um, passive uh, uh, or a uh, pacifying moment. Really. Yeah, that that's the moment of levity. That exactly. Wasn't really, well, yeah, levity. I mean. I I was astounded at how awesome that moment was. Like it's such a simple moment, but it's the moment when you realize just how like invested in this world you are, just how like she's still a kid too. How emotionally tied to all this shit that's happened to them you are. Mm -hmm. And then, like this moment, it's just giraffes walking in front of you, but it's just like this oh my god, you know, like you know, there's there's something to live for, type of thing. It's also it has to deal with how everything plays out before. Like, I mean, you, you're coming from winter, which was probably one of the worst possible seasons, you know, in ge in general. And on top of that, you're fighting cannibalistic people while you're you're who someone is probably your guardian who is in, you know who is who is unable to help you out. So at having that simple moment, being around people who are just trying to kill you uh infected who are trying to kill you and to see something so gentle and you know literally a giant compared to you it's it's refreshing it's it's very heartwarming to witness and yeah you don't have to it's not a short moment you could just stand there and just watch it watch it unfold before your eyes and that's a great moment it's it's simple it's quiet and that's one of the things another thing what about the game i love is just it allows you to have these moments. It's it doesn't force you to keep going. It's like okay, you've seen this now. Let's move on to the next set piece. No, it's it's a journey, and that's what it is. And I apps like it's it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect how everything plays out from one from one season to another, and how everything transpires. I mean, pacing it, pacing is such an important thing, and like we talked about that, and I don't think I've seen a more well paced game up to this point. No. I can't recall anything right now that sticks out in my mind. Right before they see the, these uh, these drafts, too, I remember um, Ellie giving you, giving Joel, um, the torn picture of Sarah, of his dog. 
and she's more like here you're gonna you're gonna want this you're gonna need this take this like don't forget her don't don't suddenly just give up because you're not because she's not here you know don't suddenly feel like things are ending just because you know you don't have that loved one there and that's a real powerful thing for Ellie to do a real real mature thing uh, for her to be able to 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 say especially given her pretty much position as surrogate daughter <laughs> which of course she can she can protect herself and, and be a great you know a great sidekick and stuff like that not even a sidekick she can handle herself she doesn't need Joel but in a way she she wants that person I almost kind of wish they brought more um, they brought more into uh, her mom like I got it from all the extra extra fiction but like you got Joel's backstory for why he desperately wants why, why, why he desperately wants this girl to be with him and to survive and stuff like that. But I don't feel like you get that as much why Ellie needs someone so bad other than the stuff they insinuate with, with her mother. And maybe they can get into that in a sequel or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's I mean, a where... I mean, I don't know. You, you can... I you can, I think you can... I think people are smart enough you can make the assumption just based on the fact that her parents aren't around. Like, and you're like, a kid. You don't want to be alone. Right. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I think there's a part of her that still wants him there. That I feel like those two complement each other so well. But I think you can, you definitely can tell more so with Joel, hands down, especially with the ending. Oh, certainly. Oh my gosh, that ending. Yeah, and it's just it's it's amazing to watch their relationship evolve over the story. I mean, they're at each other's throats almost in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Just they resent each other, um, you know. They'd just as soon as be alone and and not rely on each other. They would yeah, I mean, Ellie's constantly making jabs at Joel. We talked about the the watch comment, like, you know, she said it in such a shitty way, and like that's a watch that means so much to him. And you know, little did she know that that was the watch that you know her his dead daughter gave to him, and uh, you know just. So see it go from that to, you know, th them having this father-daughter relationship and them meaning everything to each other is uh, it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the ending, we we all say it feels like a perfect ending, but leading up to not the final moments with Joel and Ellie, but what Joel does is getting Ellie back because before well, you even even the discovery of what's actually going on. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, um, yeah, uh, Joel and Ellie, um, well, Ellie technically drowns because when they're in part of the game, you're trying to get across this bus, and it just kind of collapses into the water, and you start drowning and everything. And it got to the point where she drowns, and then the fireflies come, essentially, for lack of a better word, rescue you, and you meet up with Marlene. Well, you find out at that point they're gonna perform op an operation on her because we're on her brain, right? on, on her brain. yeah it was on her brain like yeah. they don't need just her blood like we like you thought at the beginning yeah like they're gonna cut open her brain and she won't be the same like right it, and, and, let me ask you know, guys let me ask you guys at any point did you think that her being the key was going to if she's the key and, and that's the question is she really the key because it's an experiment? Did you guys think that at any point that she was gonna, she would have to give the ultimate sacrifice? 
for that. It look. never occurred to me. Honestly, it never occurred to me. Not me either. Ben? Say the question slower this time. I'm trying to think. I'm really trying to think of the question. Did, did, it, did it ever occur to you that she might have to give the ultimate sacrifice? Oh, in order to in order to save pretty much humanity. No, actually, I would have I would have thought that there would have been put in some situation with with clickers or something, where maybe she saves Joel or sacrifices herself, or Joel has to save her, much like you get that I played prior in in a Lee and and Lee and uh, Clementine kind of deal. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it ne- like it never th- I never thought of like oh well. We're gonna need cells from her brain in order to see if this test works and stuff like that. It's more than just we need her blood. We need to really to kill her. They're gonna kill her. Yeah. There's, there's no two ways about it. Like they don't dance around that. They're gonna fucking kill her. But the, the question arises, like, like again, when I was thinking about what was gonna happen, like, well, do they know this is actually gonna work? Like, is this like is this a for sure cure? you know, against the clickers or the infected, you name it. And that was never, that wasn't ever addressed. Like, they right. just... They so, were... the journals and the audio things implied that they didn't know. Yeah. Well, and that essentially what they have to do is experiment. Exactly. And that they... See, that's what I'm going to do when I go back and, and replay this. I'll probably get remastered because I just saw it's like 50% off if you trade in The Last of Us on PS3. But... Uh, I want to really, really dig when I'm at that final area where and just look for all the journals and audio clips I can find just to see because I I read and heard that like there's more that like alludes to the fact that like they really, really don't know. Oh yeah, I found that stuff. And like it's really in question whether this is gonna work at all or not. And if Joel, you know, if you can imagine Joel himself finding those, like that sort of adds credibility to what he does. I mean it doesn't make him a good person necessarily but it doesn't but at the same time it's like even as a player just like wait a minute now it 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 gives him more like traction to his his choice it does let's 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 get into that yeah how do how do we feel about how do we feel about the situation how do we feel about what he did and to another extent how do we feel about the motivation for what he did because there's difference between actions and motivations right because I remember Ben and I talking about it, and I think we both agreed that... Uh, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, Ben. I think we both agreed that we agreed with what he did, but the reason... But his motivation was selfish. Yes. I think... I think Yeah, I think... It, I think uh, I'm, a, I'm on your same page. Yeah, no, I think it was selfish, but at the same time, like, I don't blame him. Like, the world's not going to get better. Like, the, the world's going to be dilapidated. Everything's going to get screwed up. Mm-hmm. And all, and now, and now he has to suffer. And he don't even know if the experiment was gonna work. And it's not even guaranteed. You're right. But you know what right. bothered me the most? You know what bothered me most was consent. She didn't even know what they were doing to her. Right. That's what makes that, it so hard. The that, fact that that was the whole thing. It was like, for me, like even if they knew, even if they knew it would work, I'd be like, nope, this is wrong. Because to, if I you need... have to lie to her, you can't tell her the truth then, like, I, that's not how I want this shit to go down. Because I agree with you. Just because you get you rid of the world of, of cordyceps doesn't mean that the, everything's going to be better. Yeah. You, we could still end up with a Mad Max situation. Mm-hmm. He's already a bad advocate, though. He's guaranteeing that the world's not going to get better by doing what he's doing. 
right? He's guaranteed. Not necessarily. The world's gonna what if totally the world? What shit. if the? What if the world gets worse because of it? What if we do get Mad Max? And all of a sudden, because there's no cordyceps, you got any 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 remaining bastions of civilization like the dam. All of a sudden, bandits are no longer afraid to travel and find that shit and tear that shit down and fuck it up and mm-hmm. start stealing. Yeah. And I guess that's another way to think about it. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you already know. Plus, you already know Joel's a really bad guy. I mean, he he. Uh, in order to find Ellie, he shoots a guy in the kneecap kills another guy and then he shoots another guy in the crotch when he wakes up in the hospital it's hard it's hard you know in in light of in spite of the world it's hard for me to really judge his actions right there's no civilization there's no social contract he's doing what he has to do and like it's all gray but in my mind he's he's as good as is is there is as any good that there is in this world Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I somewhat agree with that because it's like you know you're you're seeing humanity break down before your eyes, you know you're seeing what may, you know the inherent human tendencies you have to not take someone's life to to not rape a little girl like that guy does like who knows what uh, what what is what's his name uh, the cannibal guy like who knows if that was just partly a product of him totally mentally snapping from uh, everything that went on around him right. Yeah. That doesn't make his actions right, but it's you know, it takes it into a different context. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, Joel had before before Ellie, he had absolutely no responsibility in the world, and he's thrown into the Wait, situation of having, Joel huh? Joel Wait, had what? responsibility to to Boston, to those people. What responsibility? He was just you can we can tell he was just making ration. He was just getting ration cards. Yeah, but it was for like his family or his people there, like his 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 group that he was with. I mean, he didn't have necessarily. Uh, I the think it was him and I think it was him and Tess. I agree. I think that. I mean, I I, I yeah, I I'm with you there. But like, there was still a bit of responsibility there, but not a, not to the extent of a father daughter like a father responsibility. No, something like that. Like he, he when he said when you were saying something about I'm a little uh like worried about his consent about or not about Ellie's consent. Like she didn't agree. Like she gladly went under, under the knife in order to, to mm-hmm. do this. I don't think it's about Ellie at all. I think I think Joel is just. I need her. I need this. I need this. I need her to play her role. And when he lies to her at the very end, when they're standing there on the top of the cliff, when they return back to Tommy's, she's like, "Okay, swear to me. Swear to me that what you told me really happened." And he says, "Yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, this is." You can I, well. You could argue that he was telling her what she wanted to hear because if she had the sense that if she had the sense to ask that question, then she already knew the answer. In those last few seconds, it spelled out face, Chris. Like she just she looks at it and says, "Okay, that's good enough for me. If you say yes, then I believe you, and I want I need you too. So we'll just keep going with it." Yeah, she has to. I mean, there's no other real option for her. You know, like she doesn't have anyone else to trust in this world. She has to take his word for it. Maybe there and would she be. She didn't a... know. She didn't know when she went under the, under the knife that she was going to die. Right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that's. She had no idea. I don't think she clarify that. Yeah, like she had no idea. She just thought that she was going. You know, they were gonna, whatever. I mean, who knows? So you know, take some blood or whatever. Still. 
Like that would ter- just, that would terrify me as a person. It's like, oh, by the way, if, yeah, if we go with this procedure, you're gonna die. And I'm like, uh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. but they didn't tell her that. They it, they couldn't tell her that. Otherwise, it would she, just make it harder. They stand the they stand the risk of her saying no, which is why they didn't tell her. Exactly. I have a feeling that Ellie would have sacrificed herself, no problem. Probably, and that's what Joel was scared of. And, jo- and Joel couldn't allow that. Right. And that if, so if Ellie was gonna stay alive, then and as long as she has Joel, then okay. That works. Yeah, and you know what? But still, like, it. This okay. He is not her her father, but she's the he's the closest thing. And her being a child or not, there are certain situations that you can be faced with that, given the circumstances, maybe she's not necessarily equipped to make a decision, and so he just made that decision for her, in a kind of parental way. Now, you could argue that it was selfish, and I think a lot of things that parents do to protect their children is, you you could argue, is because the parent is trying to satisfy their own, right? trying to make themselves feel comfortable. Like the idea, you know, I, don't, I can't think of an example, but you could... You can say you could you could say any parent is guilty of this sort of thing, but like, yeah. I I don't think it makes it even if she gave consent, I don't think that necessarily makes it right because essentially what she's get, well she'll have is a bunch of people phasing her down saying, you need to sacrifice yourself because you may save the world, right? And I don't even think I don't think it's fair for that to be on her shoulders. I think even if she knew, she has every right to say no. You guys think she had a right? She would have a right to say no. Absolutely. Yes, I don't think the fireflies would have allowed it though. They exactly. Would have said, it's. I'm sorry. They would have said sorry, but it's not up to you. Which is why I think Joel was completely justified in what he did, despite what he, despite what his motivation was. Because and and we and that's another thing we're we're speculating about what his actual motivation was because we don't we're we're making an assumption based on the experience that we had with these characters mm-hmm. and everything we're, we're making an assumption like it's it, you know i guess it's ultimately up to the writers and they'd probably tell you it's up to you to decide what was really in his brain but if i'm joel and if i'm pretending for a second i'm joel i was thinking from about this from a from a purely almost like a good versus evil type thing the only thing i knew is that killing her on a maybe with no consent in the way that they're doing it was wrong that's all I knew at that moment. That's how so, I, exactly I felt, dude. It's exactly how I felt. It's it's the way that they're, you know. You know what just occurred to me? Um, and I don't know if this was the intent of the, the storytellers. This is almost like the anti-story of Christ. <laughs> right? Like, this is like, you know, so according to Christianity, God gave up his only son to die for the world so that we could all live. This is like Joel, if he were and then, God. And being Judas busts in and, and pulls Jesus off the cross. <laughs> um, am I wrong? Like, it's like the same sort of thing. Like, yeah. It's not good enough Wait. to, I never uh, thought to of that. do that. It, it kind of is. It, 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 and what's interesting is it's very uncertain about wh- what he just saved the world from. Because it's like, what if the world got better after that? But right. at the co- but at what cost, right? You know, it's like comp- it's, I'm stretching here, but compare this to the United States of America, and you think about where we are 
and the amount of people that had to die over America. People who wouldn't do anything. People who were just chilling. Native Americans who were like, what the fuck? Why are you killing us? We're going to kill you back, and then you're killing us more. And, and you've again. given us smallpox, huh? It's the Wild West again. Of just, you know, of, of, of doing whatever you want. Or, or, or what, doing whatever to justify, to ju- justifying the means. Saying that, you know, the ends justify the means. Yeah. And, you know, and, and if she did that and, and, the, and, and it had cured the world and maybe one day there was civilization again, hundreds of years from then, either people wouldn't care that they did what they had to do with her or the story would change because... You know, only a few people know the truth. Why would you? Why would? Why wouldn't you just tell the story, and say that she did give consent? That she was essentially what you just said. Maybe she is the Messiah. Maybe she's the new Christ. You know, why wouldn't you just say that she gave consent? I hear what you're saying, but in the context and the mind state of Joel, I don't think he thought about any of that at all. The second that the the subject of killing Ellie was broached, all other options were off the table for him. Like, it was just, I'm not losing her, and that's that. Because, like, you know, if, again, if she dies, I don't want to live anymore. There's no reason for me to be here. Because I've already, I've already given what is, what is for him the ultimate sacrifice, which was his daughter. He didn't really give it, but it was taken from him. Yeah. And that's, that's worse than him dying, right? For him. Mm-hmm. And do that again so it's just it there's no why should he no have to do it again right yeah I, no i agree with you i yeah I, I i think ultimately that is what he was thinking mm-hmm. which is not which was not very much at all <laughs> all right so uh oh sorry go ahead josh oh nothing i was just saying i mean that's just uh it opens up i mean it's, it's awesome that we're just able to have this conversation about it because it's mm-hmm. just it opens have... up so many questions you know about what morality we individually see as right and wrong there is not necessarily a right or wrong in that situation it's all very great and very intentional and, and i like i love it oh and it's a, so it's, good it's, it's, it does just raise that bigger question of that bigger conversation about like motivations and you know if you think about any decision in history like you can think about what it did good or bad very often what the motivation that brought that decision is completely separate from what it did. Right. All right, fellas. Well, I think we covered, I think everything that we could probably talk about. So I, I imagine we already have our quick school. question. One quick question. Okay. Did you guys think it was shitty that Joel lied to her though? Uh, yeah, that's an entirely different question. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't feel good about him lying to her. I think That's it's a complicated true. question too. I, I think yeah. he kept her he alive. He to told it. her what she wanted to hear. Do you think he? Do you think at that point that she, he was protecting her, or he was protecting himself, mm. or both? I think it was both. I think it might be both. He was protecting her from both Having feeling, the, both the, feeling the guilt of yeah, you know, him taking her away, but also like the possibility of her running back and giving her life again. Right. Yeah. She could run back to the fireflies and go through with it anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I would say both as well. So I would, I think that covers all of it. So let's go in our final scores, and uh, I'll start with you, Josh. 
So the, the, the long and short of it is uh, I think that this is the best game for sure of the PlayStation 3 era. It You know, the Uncharted series is another high one for me, uh, I would say, in the top three or so. Yeah. Of the PlayStation 3 era, and they've Naughty Dog has outdone themselves. I mean, they've pushed the storytelling to an entirely different level. Um, it, it really sets the bar for for intimate storytelling and storytelling in general in a game. Um, and I think every other element in this game supports that. I think the gameplay... Well, the gameplay might actually be the weakest part of it. It's still good enough to stand, stand on its own and be fun, in my opinion. And uh, just every... Better than a lot of other games. Yeah, every aspect of this game works in unison um, towards that common goal of just just sucker punching you emotionally and getting you so involved with these characters that you really feel like you are there with them and like you are questioning, you know, what you would do in that situation. And and again, like whether what they're doing is right and wrong and just, you know, what makes you human and just huge questions like that. Um, I mean, that's really profound for a game to, to be broaching. So, um, this is a 10 for me. This isn't a ten. I don't know what is. <laughs> That's what I'm going with, and I'm sticking to it. All right, Benty. Thanks for, thanks okay. for picking it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was his pick too. Sorry, I, I announced that. I usually do. Ben, go for it, sir. Uh, actually, you go for it. I, I gotta find my notes. Hang on. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Chris. Okay. Um, I agree with everything that Josh just said there. One thing I would add is uh, I don't think we talked about the music very much. And probably oh. because of how subtle it was. And talking about Naughty Dog for a second, their big franchise last generation was the Uncharted games, which was very musical all the time. So for this game, I was really happy that they showed restraint and how they use music, and it was very different. Mm-hmm. And they're usually in combat, there is no music, which I thought was just really effective. The fact that yeah. you, there's no music, no music cues. It was mostly just sound, and if you're in a building, usually you hear echoes of things. And There was also something else really effective. When a clicker got you and they bit you, the the sound really quickly fades out. I, I don't know how to describe the effect, but you guys probably know what I'm talking about. When, when a clicker got you or when you got killed, there was a sound that was made, and it just really quickly transitions into you, into reloading you. At the checkpoint, I thought that was really effect. I really liked that sound. I haven't seen kill animations uh, that brutal of when you die either since like Resident Evil four or five. Like it's it's intense when you get eaten. I yeah, pro- I mean, it's brutally effective. I mean, in Dead Space, Dead Space is probably more brutal, but it, that's probably that's not as effective as this. Yeah, it's like realistic <laughs> brutal. Yeah. yeah. Like a chunk of your neck coming out. Right. It's but, uh, gross. And they went there with Ellie too. I uh I, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. I, I would just be repeating stuff. I give this game a ten out of ten. Boom. Ben T, I do you agree. have your notes, buddy? Probably probably it's in my top two probably my top two favorite games from last generation. The other one would probably be Red Dead Redemption. Ooh. Is it in your top games of all time, Chris Lowe? Oh man, I haven't thought about that. I have we to read. I have, we can talk probably. About I probably have to think about that, but yeah, probably. Yeah, I would agree. 
Benny there, buddy? SB, I'm here. Okay, go ahead, bud. Uh, I don't have my notes, but I don't really care because uh, they pretty much covered it. Um, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. I feel like I, I agree with them um, in terms of well, one of the best games of 2013. I actually listed it in our in our top 10 show of the year. Um, and there's a reason for that. Games just don't get made that are like this very often. There's so much to see and, and experience and, and really pay attention to. And, and yeah, all the sentiments that they have said already, I, I completely agree with. And I'm, I'm right along with them in terms of score as well. Um, I'm going to be playing this one uh, for a long time. Uh, and maybe not pop. I'll pop it in once in a while because it is one of those stories that is so intense and so good. So it's going to be one of those that I'm going to want to put keep on my shelf and break down once in a while bring down once in a while and, and enjoy the way i would a good movie or good book so yeah i i you yeah. know i i feel you on that one because that's how i feel like when i play like uh like bioshock for the first time it's the same way here it's like you know i feel like i don't have to replay it anytime soon because it's such a great fulfillment um that i got from it and also, I feel like I would be a broken record repeating what all you gentlemen have already said. And, I mean, yeah. Anything else to add that we haven't said? Honestly, dude, not this moment. Maybe because I'm a little too tired right now. But uh, I think I'm also in the same camp as you guys. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. It's you think it, about the prospect of a sequel? Co-op modes first! <laughs> Yeah, I think this, this is the first straight time. Tens. Straight 10s for Naughty Dog, and rightfully so. <coughs> um, I would say that if you are a PS3 and now and PS4 owner, that yeah. this is a game that you should have in your library. There's no question about it. No excuses. Buy for it. either platform, it's one of the best you can own, probably. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And buy the DLC, too. I'll plug that one more time, because I'm not a DLC purchaser. For hardly any games. I think the last game I bought it for was uh, uh, Arkham City. But uh, <laughs> this DLC is really, really good. Yes, agreed. All I right. second that. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen, for... Uh, sorry if I sound really monotone, but I'm just really out of it. But uh, thank you oh, for... Oh, wait, one, one quick note before you guys go, before we sign off. I, yeah. I want your guys' opinions. I don't think... Oh, if we talk about this. How do you guys feel about... If there was a sequel, do you think would you like to see a sequel? Would you be upset if there was a sequel? I'm on the fence. I would sort of upset if they like I, I don't want them to screw with the the perfection <laughs> of how <laughs> they left it and everything like that. Like I think they were really smart with the DLC and doing a, a prequel, and it was well, sort of a prequel. And uh, man, I don't know. I just don't know how they can do something that takes place after that without screwing up. Josh, I was with you. That cliffhanger. I was. I, I'm with you there. Like I don't know how they could do it, you know, and, and make a sequel and stuff like that. But but once they made that DLC, I'm convinced that there's a lot more to tell. And if it's still handled by the same people, by Neil Druckmann and and the whole cast and and all of Naughty Dog, I feel like they could they could possibly do it if they wanted to. I feel like so, it's very, yeah. very, yeah. That's a good point. If there's anybody who could not fuck up a sequel, it would be Naughty Dog. That's <laughs> true. If it, they have a great streak, they really do, especially with the Uncharted series. So. But if they said all they wanted to say, then yeah. by all means. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Espy? Um, I'm with Josh. I'm on the fence because of how I feel like the game is perfect 
from a narrative standpoint. And I don't know what I would want more, but since you know Ben has full confidence from the DLC that it's a possibility, I'm open to it. But as of right now, it's like I I'll probably would play it regardless because one, it is Naughty Dog, it's The Last of Us, and from what I go back off, it's like the first Last of Us game was pretty you know pretty effing fantastic. So why not? Let's give it a shot. It's a great company. The last game was fantastic. Let's go with it. But when I think in hindsight, it's like, do we need a sequel? Do we really need one? Can we just leave it be without a sequel? Can this just be a standalone game? And honestly, I think it can be a standalone game. But eh, if there's confidence in a possible sequel, then I'm sure that they're, I, I'm, they can go yeah. for it. I, I'm uh, Again, thinking about it, I, I would rather them focus their efforts on a new IP and make a new IP just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Maybe like, incorporate some of the ideas from this. Yes, take what you learn from this and just just do it again because it's damn near flawless. It would be really cool to see them take something like seemingly mundane, like a genre, like a shooter, like a military shooter, or like a, I don't know, just something that's been done millions of times over and just craft something breathtaking with a story that just knocks you back again like that. Mm-hmm. I think if we ever do get a sequel, it's going to be a long time because, I mean, we're getting Uncharted 4, and my guess is that after Uncharted 4 will be a new IP from them. Yeah. That's my guess. And so given the amount of time it will take to do both of those, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree. All righty. Well, gentlemen, thank you for uh, taking part of this conversation. It's always a pleasure. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Our next episode... um, depending on how if chris ever finishes dark forces 2 episode 39 will be either dark forces 2 with spot with possible possible special guest brandon pete or it oh, w- ew, i'm sorry that would be it, it's jedi knight oh sorry two jedi, jedi academy we already oh. did dark forces okay two. my apologies the naming is confusing i'm i i apologize thank you for correcting me sir and either that it's going to be those two games or my pick which is fez so well, obviously, you'll know when we post the episode up, but or we'll make an announcement through Facebook or Twitter. From that point on, we are going to sign off. I am really tired, but oh, it's been a long evening, but a great discussion. Gentlemen, thank you. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. We, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and you can send us an email at co-opmodereviews at gmail.com. Our website is co-opmodereviews.com where you stream our episodes and we are also available on iTunes. Please rate us and leave a comment if you like. That would be greatly appreciated. Until then, we are signing out. Have a good one. Peace. Adios. So you had to do something. Although, yes, it's selfish to take her from the table and and to walk. Like, in terms of his motivations, I don't blame him one bit. Is the world going to get better if 
the clickers go away. The, 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 <laughs> let me take this piss. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you guys could hear that. Let me shake it just. Let me shake it a couple times. <laughs> if it's more than three hey. times, that means you're playing with it. Folks, folks, if you're on the bus, you're at work right now, and just close your eyes and pretend that Chris Lowe was pissing somewhere right next to you. <laughs> pissing in your mouth. <laughs> so, anyways. Okay. Did you have to clamp that shit? No. Oh shit! I didn't realize I was making noise. <laughs>